Welcome back to another episode of Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers from the Y Milbank Podcast Studio in Milbank, South Dakota. I'm Craig Weinberg, sitting here with Pastor Dave. How are you today? Happy New Year! Well, Happy New Year to you, Craig, and I'm doing fantastic. Excellent. Thank you. Awesome. That's great. Well, what do we have today? Well, today I was going to share a, a podcast uh, regarding the nature of God. Ooh, fun. Uh, yesterday uh, in the message that I uh, was privileged to share with the congregation at Calvary Church, uh, I made the point that one of the goals that I've set for myself this year is to know God better, mm-hmm. uh, building on what the Apostle Paul had said to uh, the church at Philippi, that uh, it was his aspiration to know God. And, uh, and so I just thought, what a natural step to uh, just take that thought and bring it into today's yeah. podcast and explore that a little bit. Well, last time we were together, it was about, uh, you know, the good news that we can know and then share as the new year 2021 arrives. Now it's here now. Yes. So <laughs> break it. So <laughs> do, do we have the chance that it's going to be better than <laughs> I, I loved I loved what you said um, on Sunday. As you the, like the 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 crux of your message was the best is yet to come, and I think that is true. I I agree with you that that it is true. Um, I I heard a story years ago uh, of a lady who called her pastor over and uh, said, Pastor, I I want to talk to you about my uh, uh, my end of life decisions. And uh, I would like you to do the service. And uh, when uh, we get to that point and I have passed on to my reward and uh, we're going to have the visitation at the funeral home, he says, I would like to make sure that you have the funeral director put a fork in my hand. (laughs) And (laughs) the pastor did exactly what you're doing. He's laughing and he says, well, why would you want me to have a fork put in your hand. And she says, well, because my mother, whenever we would host a family dinner, uh, she would say as we were wrapping up, keep your fork. The best is yet to come. And Mm -hmm. uh, she she was just using that as a way to say to her friends, Mm -hmm. I've got my fork. The best (laughs) is still in front of me. I think that the best is before us, too. Uh, You know, it's it's an unsettled time in in our country, uh, not only because of the uh, pandemic, but also because of the political uh, processes that are still unfolding related mm-hmm. to the election. But we need to remember, especially as those who are Christ followers, that uh, he is our Lord, he is our King, and that uh, he is still in control of what we perceive to be a, a hot mess in the world yeah. today. Yeah. And so with that knowledge, knowing that God is still uh, leading the parade and will always lead the parade, mm-hmm. the best is yet to come for us. Yeah. Uh, as I thought about what I shared with uh, the congregation yesterday about knowing God, uh, the question that immediately uh, began to formulate in my mind is, is what is God like? Uh, we all probably have a different concept mm-hmm. of who God is and, and what God is like. Now, it's 
it's obvious to all of us that it's impossible to describe God because there simply aren't enough superlatives in the languages of humanity uh, to capture the totality of his nature. I have come to discover, however, in my own personal journey uh, over uh, four decades of being a, a, a pastor and dealing with people in all of life's circumstances, that uh, our perception of God is often influenced by our circumstances. As I talk to people, people who are going through times of hardship or uh, people who are experiencing heartache and sorrow, I often find their concept of God to be much different uh, than uh, let's say, for instance, uh, uh, a new family, a, a father and mother who have just given birth mm-hmm. to a, a healthy uh, a healthy child. And so uh, one see him as the life giver. Others may see him uh, as something altogether different. Uh, many times those who are going through hardship or uh, heartache and sorrow uh, are angry toward God. And their perception is that he didn't do it the way he should have. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what he has done is brought enormous pain to me. It it may be uh, expressed much like Job did uh, as he went through so much heartache and and hardship as his herds were stolen, his servants were killed, (laughs) and ultimately his his children were killed. And uh, basically, if you boil down his complaint is, why me? (laughs) Right. You know, what did I ever do to deserve this? Uh, And uh, uh, oftentimes people will have that same expression or uh, in their moment of uh, heaviness and hardship, just ask the question, what kind of God would do this or allow this to happen? Well, that's something I hear a lot. It's like, how, how could a loving God allow this to happen? Exactly. How can a just God, yeah. uh, how can a righteous God endorse mm-hmm. uh, these things? And, and many of the things we experience that cause us pain in our life are the direct byproduct of living in a world that is a fallen mm. world. Uh, it's the impact of sin. Uh you know, the Apostle Paul captured that so well when he said that the wages of sin is death. Death is a part of our life experience. Um, we, we understand that. Uh, sickness and disease uh, are a part of being mm-hmm. citizens of a, fallen, uh, of a fallen nature, a fallen world. And so uh, I understand when their expressions are, are tainted with pain or uh, when they just come out and they're just flat out angry yeah. with God because uh, they hurt. And that, those are the obvious expressions of the pain that they're feeling. However, we need to understand that God transcends our circumstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, he's, he's much bigger than, than my pain and my problem. He's much bigger than my joys uh, and, and those things that just, you know, cause me to rejoice in him. And, and so uh, as we step back and we, we try to know God better, 
I think it's important that we understand that what can be known of God is revealed to us, and it's revealed to us in several uh, several fashions. It's revealed to us in creation, and and this gets into uh, what is known as general revelation. Uh, the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the church at Rome, uh, talks about this in, in chapters 1 and 2, that uh, what can be known of God, including the Godhead itself mm-hmm. and his power, his righteousness, uh, his law, it's it's clearly revealed to us in revelation, yeah. or excuse me, by revelation mm-hmm. in creation. Uh, but there's also special revelation of God that that is pinpointed by the scriptures itself, mm-hmm. and it begins to unfold to us his nature. And, and as I think about knowing God better, uh, I have been challenged in my, my own devotions to take some time this year and to begin to explore who God is at, at a different level. Mm-hmm not just the one to whom I go to with my wish list, <laughs> to whom I go yeah. to with my my wants list and and then my my must have list, mm. you know, when I, I've got a crisis and I, I go to him. Uh, and so uh, as I was thinking about this, I, I remembered Psalm 86. And uh, I love this psalm because David, who, by the way, had had a very interesting life. If if you ever want to do an interesting study, do a study of the life of David. Hmm. You know, the youngest son of Jesse, the youngest of seven sons, um, uh, a shepherd boy. Uh, he he was left with the job that no one else wanted to do, probably because he was the low person on the totem pole, and yet. Uh, in his shepherding experience, he found a lot of God mm-hmm. in the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep, the nature of God unfolding to him. Well, then, of course, we know that uh, he he had confidence in God because of what God had done in his life, uh, delivering him from uh, the predators that came to steal the sheep, to, to, to prey on the, the flock. And with God's help, he he overcame them, and uh, then when faced with Goliath, he had the faith to say, hey, the God yeah. that, that delivered me from the lion and the bear will deliver me from, from this this Philistine, and he went out and did that. And uh, he, he had a reward. You know, Saul mm-hmm. richly rewarded his family because of that, and uh he had promised his daughter to whoever would go out and face Goliath, and and so he he got Saul's daughter as as a wife. I'm not sure if you follow the scripture that that was a real blessing, uh, but uh, I digress. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, he then was pursued as a common criminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, lived in the caves of uh, in Gedi ran from uh, from Saul, went down, lived with the Philistines, uh, pretended that he was insane. Uh, <laughs> what and, did that look like? <laughs> well, the description of him is standing there be- before the Philistine king with 
saliva dripping off of his beard. He was just a drooling, raving madman, <laughs> you know, and, and obviously it was an act. Mm-hmm. He was trying to save himself, you know, and he, here he is in the enemy camp, <laughs> you know, and, and okay, God, where are you mm-hmm. in this moment in time? Mm-hmm. You called me, you anointed me, you, uh, what do I do with all of this stuff? And so, uh, as we read David's Psalms and we, we filter them into these, these various points in his life, we see him unfolding what he had discovered about God in his journey. Hmm. And that's, that's the context that I see as I come to Psalm 86. And he begins to unfold to us some of the wonderful attributes of God. And, and this is not a very long psalm. It's only 17 verses long, but I, I just wanted to read it today. And as I read it, I want the listener to just take hold of some of these characteristics. I'm going to highlight them at the conclusion here of my reading. Uh, but listen to what David knows of God, has, has picked up by way mm-hmm. of revelation uh, because of his relationship his interaction, and his observation. He says, Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you. Lord, no deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you. Lord, they will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all of my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead, Arrogant foes are attacking me, O God. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. They have no respect for you. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength in behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you just as my mother did. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For for you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Mm. And so clearly David is is speaking from a a position of pain here. His enemies are trying to kill him. He's in a season. They're ruthless, too. uh, they're, They're ruthless, yeah. He's in a season of adversity. And yet... In that moment in time, he didn't say, God, where are you? <laughs> yeah. You know, why me, Lord? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he drew from the attributes of God that he had come to understand 
in his journey. And so uh, I would just like to highlight, if I may, five of those attributes that we see in this psalm. And I, I would hope that the listener would, would see the Lord in this fashion, mm-hmm. in their relationship with him. Uh, the first attribute that he he brings out is God is a God of compassion. The thing that that just touches me over and over again is, as you read the Gospels, Jesus had people who were coming to him and wanting to touch him, wanting to draw from him. Uh, but they were dealing with life's uncertainties and, and tragedies and, and, and what have you. But time and time again, the scripture says he was moved mm-hmm. with compassion. One of the, the stories that I love is as Jesus was making a journey, uh, he was near to, to Nazareth, but he was close to a little village called Nain. And uh, as he was approaching that little village, uh, and it's to the west of the Sea of Galilee and a little bit to the east of, of uh, Nazareth, as he was approaching that village, he encountered a funeral procession. And it was the funeral for the only son of a widow woman. Mm. The scripture says Jesus was moved with compassion. And he stopped. He ministered to those people. He raised that young man to life and restored him to his mother. And and I think that's just such a beautiful picture of, of the Lord. He knows our sorrows. Mm-hmm. Even though he himself is a man of sorrow, he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's moved with compassion. And, and so uh, he, he reached out to them in their weakness and in their struggle, and he ministered to them. The second characteristic that I see in this particular psalm or the second attribute is that God is gracious. Uh, I love that word gracious. Uh, The word gracious comes from a primary Hebrew root, which literally means to stoop or bend in kindness to an inferior. Oh, Uh, that's like backward bowing. Kind of. I mean, not bending backward, but, you know, typically the the slaves bow to the master. Yes. And he has bent to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we think of the the condescension of God mm-hmm. uh, when he clothed himself in humanity uh, that that a creator would put on his own creation and and walk in the limitations of that creation mm-hmm. is is incredible that the creator God who spoke into being everything that we know everything that we see everything that is, that he spoke into being and then he stepped right into the middle uh, of of his creation in the form of humanity, mm-hmm. even greater yet in the form of an innocent babe. We just have celebrated uh, the birth of Christ as we celebrated Christmas, and we think of him as that, that vulnerable little babe lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes and recognizing with the benefit of hindsight now that that was God. Yeah. God with us, you know, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's overwhelming to us, but he literally 
stooped to our level or bent in kindness to us, even though we're the works of his hands. Mm -hmm. And it is by his grace that we're in relationship with him. And so I, I would just encourage the listener as we walk day by day to lean on that grace. Yeah. Uh, I, I made reference yesterday to the fact that the Apostle Paul in, in Philippians 3 says, I take hold of that which Christ has taken hold of me. And in my mind, it's a picture of, of the Apostle Paul linking arms or linking uh, hands, mm. wrists with the Lord and saying, Lord, you're going to lead me through this, yeah. this life. And, and that's what I mean when I say lean on his grace. Uh, he he's there. David also said he's slow to anger, and uh, what a what a blessing that is. Um, there are many people who have grown up with a uh, a short tempered uh, parent mm. uh, or sibling, uh, and uh, at the smallest or least infraction, uh, suffered. Yeah. the wrath of that person. But God is slow to anger. I love the fact that he knows us <laughs> so well. The psalmist says in, in 103, he knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust, <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, he he's slow to anger. And the scripture is full of the evidence of this attribute. Uh, it, it occurs to me that we too need to exhibit this attribute. Uh, in <laughs> fact, uh, James said that uh, we should be uh, swift to hear, mm -hmm. slow to speak, and slow to anger. Uh, and and certainly, <laughs> we, we could avoid a lot of the pain that we experience in life just by uh, putting those principles to, to work in our life. Right. Uh, the fourth thing that I see in this psalm about the Lord is that he is abounding in love. Uh, my goodness, there's no limit to God's love. Uh, I just, I can't tell you. I, I struggle to grasp why God loves us in the mm -hmm. first place. But the scripture says that here in his love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and gave his son for us. Uh, it wasn't when we had reached our greatest potential that he, he got on board with us. But uh, when we were at our lowest point, when we were so broken and without hope, mm -hmm. uh, he sent his son to rescue us and to save us, yeah. to reconcile us to him. But that's his very nature. Uh, John, in his uh, first epistle, uh brings the theme of God's love to us in all five of those chapters. Uh, God's overwhelming love is woven through each of those five chapters. Uh, and, and it's summarized, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. Mm -hmm. He who does not love does not know God because God is love. Yeah. And, and so... He is abounding in love. Um, I have, over the, or the course of my ministry, ministered to people who, who have been convinced that 
God couldn't love them. That mm. they were so broken. They were so bad. They were so bad mm. that that God could not possibly love them. And they may have experienced rejection in their life, a, a broken relationship. They may have done something that broke covenant with uh, a spouse or uh, a, a parent or a child, and, and the end result of that was disastrous to them. But when we think of the abounding love of God, we cannot... <laughs> come to the point yeah. that we are so broken that God mm-hmm. doesn't love us. And so uh, I just encourage folks as they press in to know God a little bit better to remember that he is love. Now, let's come back to the, the whole concept of uh, people who come from a point of pain. Uh, one of the things that we learn in Hebrews chapter 12 is that one of the most powerful expressions of love is discipline. Mm. And if God says no to us, or uh, <laughs> God allows us to go through a season of adversity mm-hmm. in order to break our pride, uh, in order for us to come to the end of ourselves and and reach out to him, uh, it's because he loves us. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says, in fact, uh, a father who does not discipline his child treats them as though they have no emotional investment in them, treats them as an illegitimate mm-hmm. child. Uh, they don't take ownership of them. Uh, they don't care about the outcome of right. their life. They don't care about molding uh, their character and, and bringing them to their best uh, abilities. Uh, but God does, and so he allows us uh, to go through seasons of adversity <laughs> and discipline because he loves us so much. Yeah. And so uh, that is, is a wonderful thing. Uh, he wants us to be free from the consequence of our self-will, and that's what discipline uh, <laughs> definitely teaches us. That's a nice us. way to say it, the consequence of our self-will. <laughs> The poor choices we're going to make because exactly. we're selfish. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the final attribute that I see in this particular psalm, and it's one that, that just secures me hmm. in my daily journey, is God is faithful. Yeah. Uh, the psalmist, time and time again, talks about God's faithfulness in this psalm. Uh, but again, going back to David's life, God was faithful to him when he faced the lion mm-hmm. and he, he faced the bear. God was faithful to him when he faced Goliath. God was faithful delivering him from the hand of Saul. God was faithful when David was uh, anointed king and went through the processes of, of waiting. Uh, and, uh, f- you know, God was faithful. David was faithful to God as he walked with him day by day. I, I'm reminded when he was living in the caves of En Gedi, uh, his, his warrior friends, and by the way, if, if you want to do an interesting study, uh, realize that David, when he went down to En Gedi and he fled for his life, uh, the scripture says that he he gathered around him 400 miscontents. Uh, you know, these these were not the, uh, you know, the, the stalwart citizens of, of 
the kingdom of Israel at that time. These were the, the malcontents, the, the criminals, uh, those who were also running for their lives, had, had uh, something Outcasts, to perhaps? They were the outcasts. Hmm. And yet God made a place for them. Yeah. And together with David, they, they did great exploits. And so as we look at this psalm and as, as we try to know God better, remembering his faithfulness, I would encourage the listener today to look at their own journey and, and recognize those seasons and times that God was faithful, mm-hmm. uh, that God brought them through. And so uh, how, how beautiful it is to, to rest in him. Psalm 86, 11, uh, the psalmist says, Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all of my heart. I will glorify your name forever, for great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of mm. the dead. That's good. So excellent. Press in there. Yeah. Know him better. May we go into twenty twenty one, just weird to think. No, knowing who God is and that He is well, that He is for us. You know, and, and there again, God is for us. Mm-hmm. We're part of his team. And and the apostle Paul said it so well. If God's for us, who can be against who us? can be against yeah. us we yeah. are more than conquerors mm-hmm. and uh remembering those those final few verses of of Romans chapter 8 uh the apostle paul asked the question what can separate us from god's love mm-hmm. dealing with his attribute but he also brings in his faithfulness yeah. uh his uh his uh compassion his graciousness as as he numbers those characteristics, the things that we may confront, things created and uncreated, mm-hmm. things that are in the spirit realm, nothing can separate us because God is for us yeah. and he loves us. That's wonderful. Well, Happy New Year again. This is going to be a great year. I'm excited, looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I, too, am looking forward to it and look forward to where the Lord leads us. Oh, yes. As we go farther down this, every Thursday uh, morning at 9 is when this gets uh, published to the podcast feed. Um, so you can look for it every every week, Thursday morning. Um, take some time to, to sit down with this and really, you know, learn from, uh, you know, and, and take some of the, the, uh, the nuggets and the, the encouragement. To, to bring that into your own study throughout the week. and It will bear fruit if they do. Excellent. Well, thanks again for listening. Uh, Pastor Dave, one more time, thank you for coming in. It's thank awesome. You, it's so much fun to have these conversations once a week, and I hope that other people get this, the same enjoyment that I do. <laughs> so <laughs> It's fun. We like it. Have a great day. This is Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers from the Y Milbank Podcast Studio in Milbank, South Dakota. Once again, it's 2021. Happy New Year. And may you be blessed as this year progresses. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. See you later. <laughs>